sure that most people are brilliant at what they do, or at least aspire to become brilliant, and so do a lot of good things on the way. But if the world does not know that, they're also not going to engage with you, and they're not going to find you, and opportunities are not going to come your way, right? So it is for you, it is for your career, it, it is for your life, right? And I mean, our journey in Shield is modest and my own as well on LinkedIn, but I feel it and I see it. And we haven't paid for ads. We haven't paid for getting some sort of great placement. I don't even know how to talk about these things because we don't do it, right? I mean, that's where it's at. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Andreas Johnson. He's the CEO of Shield that provides LinkedIn analytics for content creators. Now, if you post on LinkedIn, you probably should be using Shield. Actually, you should use Shield. If you're in sales, as most of you are, LinkedIn is becoming even more important to you. Increasingly, it's where business happens. In our, and in our conversation today, Andreas and I talk about an area of growing importance to all sellers, which is developing your personal brand on LinkedIn. Studies show that 82% of buyers look at a seller's LinkedIn profile before speaking with them for the first time. So what are they looking for when they look at your profile? Well, Andreas shares what his experience has been as a result of using LinkedIn more effectively and the impact that has had on him personally as well as on the growth of his company, Shield. He talks about best practices for using LinkedIn and shares how to measure the impact of all the things that you're doing on LinkedIn using Shield. So all this and much, much more. But before we get to Andreas, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also give us your feedback about how we're doing in the form of a review. So thank you. All right, let's jump into it. Andreas, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Pleasure being here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. So uh, you're joining us from Copenhagen? Copenhagen, Denmark, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we were just touching on before we started recording about the... Big adventure for the Danish football team the last uh, three weeks in the Euro Championships. Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've had a run like that. New team, upcoming players, uh, young people who are doing a great job on the on the world scene, so to speak. It's been a pleasure watching. Yeah, especially that young kid that scored the free kick yesterday. That was uh, yeah. quite a absolutely. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was quite brilliant. Thirty-five yards out. Uh, well, a question, I guess, is is made for people who aren't familiar with <laughs> soccer, like me, who spends all my time watching it, um, is that Denmark's you know, talisman, their number one player, Christian Eriksen, first match of this tournament, his heart stops on the field. Um, yeah. Basically dead on the field. He survived. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Has had a... Implantable defib pacemaker uh, put in. Uh, I think he may have been in the stadium in England yesterday. I think they they talked about. Oh, him. really? Well, they, I okay. know they invited him. I don't know if he actually traveled or not. But um, okay. So yeah, when your number one player gets <laughs> this traumatic yeah. thing happened to them, and you can just see it in the faces of the players, um, mm-hmm. it just shows for me that and lessons that sort of sales lessons that that come from mm-hmm. how they recovered is just the resilience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, it's like obviously a close, close knit group of players and men, and and mm-hmm. with the coaching staff, and two things really start. One is is yeah, just the resilience, uh, being able to put that behind them to come together, but then also the power of the coach, the leadership of the mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people 
had a tremendous amount of, and still have a tremendous amount of admiration for for the coach because, uh, yeah, he was open and honest about the way people felt and he felt and it mm-hmm. wasn't just devolving to sports cliches, but he managed to rally mm-hmm. this, this group of people in the face of sort of insurmountable odds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that what he did, uh, which was the most admirable from my point of view, was to bring empathy into the equation at mm-hmm. the first press meeting as well, like really showing emotion and, and showing that it's okay to show emotion and that uh, leaders show emotion too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what lifted up the team as well, because there was a lot of emotion going around. I mean, even from the distance watching, right? There's oh, a man I, on the field who's about to die, right? Yeah. Exactly, right? So so, so I think everyone uh, watching that will will sort of feel something, uh, hopefully, and and the way that he spoke about it and also the leaders within the team mm-hmm. they really uh, they really uh, lifted the whole right which made uh, or enabled Denmark to to really carry on in the tournament and, and do great things so i think that's a that's a really good point with the leadership absolutely yeah and it carries over into <laughs> into business you know the sales i mean it's not all just about the numbers uh no. increasingly it seems to be the way that so many people are focused you know it's cut and dried but yeah, we are still a collection of humans undertaking this thing, whether it's sales or, or business or soccer. Um, mm-hmm. Emotions matter. Yeah, I think it's so much more. Yeah, I think it's so much more than numbers and data and right. and being uh, super uh, like trying to be at least objective um, and and data driven. I mean, uh, I run a, an analytics company, mm-hmm. but we can re- re- we can rely on data all the time, right? We have to also feel. Uh, what feels right and and what what is, seems to be right and 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 things like that right it's it's part of it all right as you said we're human after all and and if we are to do anything together uh, let alone business then then we have to have a human connection and yeah. I think that's key. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So so tell us about Shield because uh, and just disclaimer I'm <laughs> I'm a customer, uh, mm-hmm. but tell us what you do and and tell us about. Yeah, what was sort of the the problem you were solving that drove you to to start the company? Absolutely. So it it's actually changed from when we first started to what we're doing now. The product has evolved in a in a sort of uh, I wouldn't say linear uh, way, but but uh, sort of in a direction still. But the way we think about it has has changed a lot. So initially, what we what we saw and and discovered then, and that's three three and a half years ago. Um, was that companies um, here in Copenhagen, Denmark, they were on LinkedIn, the salespeople primarily, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't really doing much, right? They were searching, they were trying to send some cold DMs, they were doing those kind of things, right? And then um, what we learned was that there were some minds that wanted to produce content in, in, in those companies mm-hmm. to sort of add more touch points between them and their uh, market, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And, and so... Doing that is something they could just go ahead and do, but how were they uh, supposed to measure the impact, right. the reach, the engagement, um, the growth of the individual uh, salespeople's accounts, and and why would that even matter? Right, mm-hmm. that was sort of some of the questions that that we stumbled upon and discovered and and asked ourselves, being being uh, just tech guys outside uh, the whole space right. of LinkedIn and sales, really. Um, so that's how it started, right? How could companies um, empower their employees 
to uh, connect with their buyers and market on LinkedIn and add value to them on an ongoing basis through content? And then how could they measure that? How could they improve upon that so that sales becomes easier once buyers are ready to buy Mm -hmm. or engage at least? Mm -hmm. So that was the problem we set out to solve initially, like bring some numbers into the equation, help these people who were already uh, trying to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we started building Shield and, and came up with, uh, with you know, an MVP and went through iterations and so forth, right. as you do. Um, fast forward to today, we're, we're actually focusing on creators, individual creators, a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. And when I say individual creators, it's, it's a catch-all phrase uh, right now. So it's someone creating content to help them in their job. Mm-hmm. So that could be a salesperson, right. a sales rep. Um, but it could also be a solopreneur who's doing his own thing mm-hmm. or an entrepreneur who's doing his own mm-hmm. thing or a student who basically wants to connect with the world they right. want to enter when they're right. done studying. Right. So anyone who, who could benefit from creating content on LinkedIn, which, by the way, I think a lot of people could benefit <laughs> Just from. Just everyone. Um, almost. Right. Yeah. Al- almost. Uh, and I'm trying to come up with cases where it would not be a fit, but I always struggle doing that, actually. Um, so so today we try to enable creators. Right. We, tr- we try to bring them closer to some insights as to what works and what doesn't, what is enabling and creating conversations in, mm-hmm. in the niche and market. Um, with relevant people, and and that's all there is to it. Like it's it's simple, but it's 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 difficult still. I would say. Yeah, I think you sort of hit sort of an inflection point. Uh, perhaps the timing was mm-hmm. right. Is yeah. that that you know there's this growing trend. I won't say that it's a, the predominant trend, but a growing trend, as you talked about, is that. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to sort of cultivate this brand of the you as the the individual, right? And we know from a report that was put out last year, from or I guess this year by earlier this year by uh, the Rain Group, that you know eighty two percent of buyers look at a seller's profile before they they talk to them for the first time. So they're not looking to see what college you went to. I mean, <laughs> they want to see if you have something interesting to say, right? You have a a point of view. Absolutely, um, it's no longer enough. Just to have that you know, resume out there because that's that doesn't help the buyer at all. I mean, you're so you hit the sort of moment of of you know the importance of the personal brand, which has been mm-hmm. talked about for years, but now LinkedIn really is a vehicle where you can develop that. Absolutely, I mean it's happening. It's happening as we speak, and I, I think uh, when we started out this three and a half years ago, um, no one was really, at least from our perspective, mm-hmm. talking about. Um, personal branding, we discovered that later on, um, fairly recent, like within 24 months or Mm -hmm. so, uh, where it became something that people actually rallied behind. It became a trending hashtag on LinkedIn and so forth. So someone picked it up and and did something, right? Um, But it's definitely happening. And now, um, being, uh, you know, one of the only companies who actually do what we do, um, we're so fortunate that a lot of people actually also come to us and, and choose to stay, mm-hmm. fortunately. Um, and, and between those, um, those people are a lot of, you know, really prominent people across industries, functions and so forth. And they all tell the same story that once they started building their personal brand, things got easier. Yeah. Not easy, but easier. Right. 
Oh, right? Yeah, it's never and, easy. And that, right. to me, no, exactly right. It's never easy, but it gets easier. And that's something I felt with my uh, very humble growth on LinkedIn. Um, and it's something I see every day amongst the people who we are involved uh, with. And to me, that's just fascinating, right? That you can work in sales and build leverage um, on LinkedIn through your personal brand. And you can be anyone, basically, as we just talked about, like a student or whatever, right. and build leverage on LinkedIn through your personal brand. Yeah. That's just fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think... Of, I mean, you're, you're doing it and you're leaning into it as well. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I see that and you're doing a really good job. And, and that's super interesting, right? Yeah, and, it's, and having the ability to track it, right? Which you couldn't Absolutely. previously do with LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. Because as the creator, I guess, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, yeah, I'm really interested in seeing what people engage with, what things work. Uh, see the trends over time. Um, I mean, you give an example. Uh, you had written about, yeah, you know, from you had 1.5 million organic views on LinkedIn. Yeah. You talk about, you know, hundreds of people reach out to connect with you on, you know, through DMs. I thought it's funny mm -hmm. you got job offers. Uh, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, didn't these people read the profile? <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah, I was thinking the same. That's something we still need to work on. Uh, mm -hmm. Multiple investment offers? I mean, did you take any mm -hmm. money as a result of that? No. Okay. No, no, no. We didn't. But uh, obviously recruiting people, uh, good leads, speaking up to all relationships you're talking about. I mean, I, yeah. another example, we've, uh, a gentleman we found on the show is a gentleman named Casey Graham, who's CEO of a company called mm -hmm. Gravy, and he started a company called yes. Command AF. You're nodding. You're familiar yes. with Casey. Yes, we and, worked with them in Command AF actually yeah. around personal branding. Yeah, so, and yeah. which is a fabulous Command AF is is Casey's mission to help a million people build their personal brands on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Um, check it out. I mean, he's, he's a fascinating guy, and he mm -hmm. talked about his own experience of you know, building the brand, his brand through LinkedIn and the brand of the company, where I think it was for the year twenty. Was it 2020 or 2019? Maybe I can't remember which one, but the results, mm -hmm. I think it's 2020. Yeah, he talked about, um, you know, his website got, I don't know, a million and a half, two million organic views, mm -hmm. but his LinkedIn posts, 10 million organic views. I mean, it just, yes. just swamped it. And so it went from there, and the cost of recruiting people went down, and they were getting better people. And But also in there, that was fascinating is because this is still an effort uh, to convince many mm -hmm. sales leaders about this. Is is you mm -hmm. know, it gave people free reign to, mm -hmm. to engage and to create and to develop yes. their own identities without fear of they're going to be recruited away or what. In fact, he sort of he considers a success actually when people get recruited away. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's happening. I just sort of interest in your perspective is. is for leaders who are still sort of resisting this, <laughs> what, what advice do you give them? Yeah, I mean, we, we've met a lot of resistance. And I think not only because of the topic sort of emerging right now, it's happening. So there's not a lot of uh, research done or case studies mm -hmm. or, or really data to back it up. Um, so, so that's one thing, of course, uh, causing some resistance among sales leaders and, and, and other leaders right. for that matter. But I think um, we are also a startup, right? Mm -hmm. um, a small team based in Copenhagen and so forth. That that also provides some resistance along the along the way. So we fought those two <laughs> uh, at once, uh, so to speak. Right. Um, but but the thing is, right, that 
if you think about it, and we we did some we did some experiments as well with some 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 global companies actually where where they have millions of followers on the company page, right? And then we have a group of people, 10, 12 people, who are outperforming the company page just by posting once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a couple of weeks. And when I say outperforming, it's in reach and engagement mm-hmm. and so forth mm-hmm. with, with their market, right? So so I think what's needed and what has opened a lot of doors to us, uh, and especially recently, is that now we have some solid data to really show that this earned media value is actually something you can tap into. And we can talk about uh, what that means and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, but actually instead of paying for, for, for attention, you can actually go out there and earn it right. with organic content. And not only that, like getting the impressions one-on-one, but you're building up your, your employees um, and their personal brands, which benefits not only them, but the company they work for. And, and to me, that's just a, a win-win situation that I think any company uh, leader or sales leader or marketing uh, leader should should be focused on, right? Oh, Leveraging the brands of, of the people because the people is the greatest asset of any organization, in my opinion. Well, so, so, well I was going to take it just a step back and say for, for recruiting. Mm-hmm, I've, I've said this before. It's like if I'm a sales leader, if I'm hiring manager mm-hmm. of sales, I would mm-hmm. not hire anybody that's not active on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's full stop. No same for me. Full stop. Yeah, yeah, full stop. If I mean, you could come to me and you could have this incredible track record. Yeah, not that we can necessarily verify it and so on. But mm. if you're not engaging on LinkedIn, if you're not putting out a point of view about what you believe, what you think is important in the markets mm. that you serve, that you're going to serve if I were to hire you, if, if, if you don't have value to add through that coming in, yes. I'm not interested. Yeah. Oh, same for me. And and the post you referred to uh, just moments ago, um, the recruiting part is also really interesting. Like being a, a bootstrapped early stage mm-hmm. startup like ourselves, um, we don't go and hire recruiters to do our recruiting. Right. We rely on sort of guerrilla tactics and getting out there and, and doing uh, stuff in a different way to find the talent, right? right? But after we posted to LinkedIn, I started posting uh, with two co-founders. So I started, my co-founder, Alexander, is technical. He was focused more on building mm-hmm. uh, building stuff. And and so I was out there. And, and even just me, one individual being out there led to the first employees, mm-hmm. right? And from there, they started posting. And then they started creating uh, some sort of interest that people wanted to work with them. Mm-hmm. And then they discovered uh, Shield. And now, you know, with 13 people, we haven't spent any money on recruiting. All of them have come through word of mouth or LinkedIn. Right. And that just fascinates me. And I, I would never stop doing that, right? So now when I look at anyone for any role, right. I'm almost like, I need you to be able to grab your phone and do a selfie video. You know, that's sort of, you know, that's the litmus test, right? right? If you can do that, then we can move ahead with the conversation because at some point I need you to recruit people, right? Yeah. Whoever you are, right? And and, and so it's, it's just becoming so important, right? It, it's uh, exactly like you said. Yeah, I, I get a thousand, roughly a thousand plus pitches a year for people who want to be guests on mm. the show. And plus I reach out to people and recruit people to, that I want to have on as guests as well. Mm-hmm. But for San Luis, I looked at their LinkedIn profile, none, yes. you know, full stop. And I can't tell you how many. It's just like, <laughs> do you mind if I give you a few hints, <laughs> a few tips? I yeah, mean, yeah, like, yeah. You've got something interesting to say. I mean, 
yeah, I'm interviewing somebody later today. It was written, I think, as a, an interesting book. And then I look what he's doing to promote it on LinkedIn and to write support mm-hmm. it and so on. It's like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like. And that's a shame. Yeah, you've got this. I mean, for me, yeah, I've got a fair number of followers, um, but all came through the content I created and posted. You know, I had none yes. until I really started the podcast. And then exactly, through. and I think that that's a key point, Andy. Right. Uh, you're making right there, right? You didn't have followers before you started posting. Right. And I mean, why would you, no. unless you, of course, are a celebrity coming onto a platform, whatever, um, something like that, and 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 um, you have to put something out there that adds value, and you have to be consistent about it. You have to keep going so that people know that what they can expect from you mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis. That they will always be able to open their feed and see something of value uh, from you. Right. And when that when you flip that switch in people's mind, they're going to stay and they're going to become an interactive part of your audience and they're going to bring new people in. So you get this flywheel effect Mm -hmm. going once you start uh, niching down and figuring out who you can add value to and why that matters to you and them. Right. Right. Well, I think (laughs) the critical point there, too, that you brought is that you talk about the consistency and, Mm. yeah, it's it's to some degree, it's sort of like. A TV show, right? If there's a TV show you mm. watch that comes on every Thursday at ten, you're gonna be disappointed when it's not there that Thursday at ten, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It's the same with this podcast. You're gonna schedule the podcast. People expect the podcast to be there at a certain time. And mm. so, to your point about you know, once you develop this consistency, it the point is not that it becomes onerous to maintain it. It's that you'll willingly maintain it because you're getting the engagement and the following and you know you're having an impact on other people, yes. right? Because that's that's really the ultimate measure of building your personal brand. It's not the sheer number of followers. It's For me, it's how many DMs am I getting with people saying that you know they love the show and it's had an impact on their, their career or their ability to sell or whatever. I mean, to me, those Absolutely. are those are gold. Absolutely. And I mean, the follower uh, metric, uh, let's let's talk about it, right? Because if people are always looking at followers, it's the most visible metric mm. when you go to someone's profile. You don't see views. You don't really get a grasp of engagement right. or anything like that or, or post frequency and stuff like that. But you can see the follower count. And I would say in isolation, it's a vanity metric. It's just mm. a number. Absolutely. Right. But for the one who actually has a, a given amount of followers who puts out content consistently and see that number grow while the engagement rate uh, is maintained, right? Mm -hmm. If you manage to get that going so that you can actually grow, let's say 10% month over month with your followers and you're posting every day, Monday to Friday, then you're doing something right if the engagement is also consistent, Mm -hmm. right? Then you just know, right? You have the data and you got this feeling in, in, in your body that this is actually working because you also get the DMs and you get the sentiment uh, and you get a feel for it, right? Um, so followers is, a, is, is of course, uh, important in, in sort of understanding whether you have this, I like to call it content market fit, mm-hmm. um, coming from, from the startup world right. where we are chasing the product market, market fit, fit, right? And 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 here it's it's you know when when you sort of hit it off with some content or a topic or an, a train of thought that you sort of post around, you can just feel it, right? You can just feel that something is 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 happening. People DM you say they like the show, they like what you're doing, is super inspiring content and whatnot, and then you know you're on the right track. Especially if these people um, also, from a demographic point of view, resonate with you, right? right. That this is the the right kind of people. Of course, that's important. Yeah, I mean when you when you hit 
ones that really hit the sweet spot. <laughs> you know, it's you're like, wow, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to do more of that. And it becomes sort of a, a challenge to say, well, okay, what was the component of this that, that resonated so much? Um, 100%. No, I think, I think you hit it right there, like spot on. Like what is the component that was the thing that made it happen the way you would want it to, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you may post about something and you may have a statement, you may have a question, you may have uh, some, some thoughts in there, what, whatever it is, right? But it, it could be that one thing that really kicked it off, right? And, and that's sort of a next level, uh, like a qualitative study on top of the analytics, mm-hmm. right? Like what is, what is it actually? And to me, and I think that ev- anyone could apply this, right? That if you get deep in the comments on your own content, you'll realize what that one thing is. Oh yeah, and you if you if you read the DMs as well. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, yeah, one of the obligations you are incurring, I believe, that if you want to do this effectively and build your personal brand, is you have to reply to comments. One hundred percent. Yeah, and it's going to take some time. You know, there's some debate whether you should be doing it immediately, whether that feeds the algorithm, or whether you can wait. And you know, seen it both ways. But mm-hmm. the point you're you're doing it to have conversations, right? To have an impact on other people, to learn about and connect with other people, and and it's not a broadcast medium. This is an interactive medium, and you need to yes. you need to know that. But that's the beauty of it, right? Is you learn mm-hmm. through interacting. Absolutely. You don't learn from broadcasting. No, no, you learn nothing from broadcasting except for the reflective process around creating right, right uh, your content piece. But you don't get all the feedback. You don't get you, you don't get to understand what what how the world sees you mm-hmm. and how the world sees what you what you published. Right, you you don't get that part of your broadcasting. And I would say, as you said, um, it's all about the conversations, right? And if you're a salesperson, um, leader, or rep, or whatever, um, and and you're looking towards a market or a niche with a certain product offering certain benefits. Um, you have some some very unique knowledge around that space. Um, even though you sit next to another guy who's selling the same product, uh, everyone's unique. We've mm-hmm. got different backgrounds, different stories, different right. experiences, different interactions with our markets. So we can all talk from a unique point mm-hmm. of view and bring value. So I think that, you know, it's just an open playing field right now. There's not a lot of people leaning into this. It's surely going to happen over the next couple of years once it becomes sort of mainstream that you have to build up your brand. Right. And I think it will maybe on the different uh, um, terminology. I don't know if that uh, changes. Oh, for brand? And to me, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, personal brand, it's sort of got a like mixed mixed uh, reception i would say um just just uh, the way people talk about it it's, it's almost like you have to become a logo but that's exactly what you don't have to become right yeah um well and it's yeah i think yeah. the the reason some sales leaders push back on it is cuz it's yeah it's they think it's sort of self-aggrandizing or and it's mm. you know too self-focused and and sure some people can do it that way but that's not really the point right i mean this is no as an individual, you have to look at this as an asset that you're building for your career. And you're not doing it for yes. a company or an employer. No. You're doing it for a career. And so... For you. For you. Yeah. And if you, know, if you, uh, if you want to sort of get us a good sense of the impact of sort of building your network, uh, you know, a great book to read is like Never Eat Lunch Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, yes. which you know, talks specifically about the value of the network you build throughout your career and the ways that you can help people, right? And the way that that comes mm-hmm. around when you help more people 
Um, sort yes. of like the go-giver as well, formula as well. So, yes. yeah, you're not doing it for this job. You're doing it for you. Yes. I mean, this is, uh, this is the key thing. And I think maybe the, the, the phrase or the term personal branding is actually good because it is personal. It's you. Oh, yeah. It's for you, right? And, and brand can easily be translated into reputation or something like that, right? Um, at least for the sake of the conversation. So if it's, uh, if it's your reputation, and I'm sure that most people are brilliant at what they do, um, or at least uh, aspire to, the, to, to become brilliant and, and, and so do a lot of good things on the way. Um, but if the world does not know that, um, they're also not going to engage with you and they're <laughs> right. not going to find you and opportunities are not going to come your way. Right. So it is for you. It is for your career. It, it is for your life. Right. And and I mean, our journey uh, in Shield is modest and my own uh, as well on LinkedIn. But I feel it and I see it and mm. we haven't paid for ads. We haven't paid for, uh, you know, being uh, getting some sort of great placement. I'm, I'm, I don't even know how to talk about these things because we don't do it, right? I mean, that's where it's at. Right. So we've basically just been posting to LinkedIn for a couple of years and the more people who join our, our mission and also talk about the same thing mm. from their own perspectives, um, the faster we grow, right? Yeah. So to me, it's just a no-brainer. Like We've never done the traditional methods of sales and cold calling and all of that. We skipped to this mm -hmm. because of, I guess, the moment in time and the, how we discovered the uh, uh, what we're uh, sort of the market and the gap in the market uh, that got us started, right? It just felt natural. But so I have no experience doing all the other stuff. I just know that this works. Yeah. And I know it works. I know it works so well that I'm not going to do the other stuff. And maybe, maybe you could prove me wrong or, well, or tell no, me how I, I, could, I, uh, how I could be I'm, better. But, but that's how I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for my own marketing purposes, yeah, double down on, on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you see it with, it's not just individuals. I mean, there are mm -hmm. companies that have built their brand on LinkedIn, that have yes. raised tremendous sums of money, that have, uh, you know, have valuations in the billions of dollars, that have largely built their brands on the back of the, not just, not the company posting on LinkedIn, but the employees mm -hmm. posting on That's LinkedIn. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and I think that is, um, we're probably thinking about some of the same companies here, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're really doing a, gr a good job just being out there with their people. And I think that it's, it, it sort of feels like they are omnipresent when everyone's just posting from the company. You always see someone from that company with some good content. Mm -hmm. It may or may not resonate uh, with me or with you, mm -hmm. but it's still good content, most of it, right? And that just drives so much inbound from all angles, mm -hmm. right? Inbound attention towards the brand, inbound um, opportunities, yep. uh, leads, um, inbound talent. I mean, what's not to like, right? And I know back to Casey Graham that he's doing a good job at gravy uh, yeah. with that. And, 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 you know, that's a great example and a great story. Well, and I think the the lessons for so many leaders who have listened to this is because, yeah, again, I know individuals get pushed back. Oh, you didn't make your numbers this month. You're spending too much time on LinkedIn. It's like, mm. yeah, not, not really the push pull that, that makes sense. But yeah, he sees this as a way to develop his people, enable his people to develop, to let them mm -hmm. grow. And he said he takes pride in what he calls, you know, gravy graduations. You know, when people actually leave the company, get better offers, you know, if he's not able to offer, mm -hmm. he'd love to keep people, obviously, but if they, you know, as a result of this, they get a better offer and they go somewhere, he's happy, right? Yeah. 
No, I, and I totally get that, and yeah. I, I ascribe, uh, subscribe to that as well. Like th that's brilliant. I mean, if someone leaves Shield because they got a better offer from posting on LinkedIn, and that's what they want to go and do in their career, that just you know supports the whole foundation of what we just discussed, that's like right. personal branding. You're doing it for you and your career. Right. So if you got something uh, out of seemingly nowhere that's better for you, and you take it, that's how it's supposed to be. I'm not gonna complain. Yeah. No, I mean, you got some value out of the person. They've grown. Yeah, and I, I, to your point, is I think that we are just at such the beginning stages of this, yeah. even though there's a lot of talk around it. But it's, I'm sure you know the statistics, so maybe you can tell us, because I, I, I forget the exact statistic. But, you know, the mm. percentage of LinkedIn members that are actually engaged on a regular basis mm. is pretty low, right? Maybe like 10% 10, 10 or less or something like that. Yeah, I think less. I think single digits, uh, without being able to to verify those numbers. But right. but but yeah, it's it's something like that. So that alone is an opportunity, right? Right. So as we get more people to become participants as opposed to spectators, and mm -hmm. because LinkedIn is really not meant to be a spectator sport, it's really meant to be a nope. uh, full contact sport. Is yeah. yeah, get more people engaged. The power of the platform grows. The power of the platform for you grows. And I think that's that's such an important lesson for people that are sort of thinking about starting now. Is mm. it's a it's never too late, and b it's it's uh, just going to get better and more opportunities yes. for you. Whether you're an employee in a career, as you said, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, you have this opportunity to create this this brand on a platform where people are basically paying to find you. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked to a guy the other day, and and. Uh, and he was reluctant. He was he was uh, he was explaining to me how his industry um, was was not uh, as digitized and ready right. um, for, for for something like LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and then I asked him like, but but are the people you you do business with your existing customers uh, are they on LinkedIn? Um, oh yeah, they're here. I'm connected with them. <laughs> and they're like, what are you waiting for? I mean, what are you waiting for? To me, it was so obvious. But then right. we had this conversation and. And and in you know just from what I relate to you here, um, the the opportunity for for him in my perspective was that he could be the first. Yeah. He could be the first in his industry, in his space, in his niche. And I don't know a whole lot about all of that in his right. uh, in his context. But but for what it's worth, he could be the first, right? He could be setting the way, leading the way, and have everyone rally behind him and do the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he thinks his industry, they're not doing it now. They will be. So yes, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, any industry that didn't do something once, they do it now probably because of yeah. tech and the way things are going. Right. So yeah, okay. You know, the early adopters of LinkedIn are primarily in the tech industry and so on, but it's mm. expanded so far beyond that, and it's continuing to get exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm so I'm curious. What's what's sort of your daily, weekly LinkedIn habits? Mm. Yeah, I'm actually very unstructured. Just uh, getting that disclaimer out there. So, <laughs> so back back to the back to the the feelings and and emotions and and all of that. I uh, I I open up LinkedIn every morning. I I go there first thing. I have always uh, pending notifications and DMs mm -hmm. from people, uh, and I want to respond to everyone. I I rarely get to do that at this point. Um, I've reached a point where it's it's sort of impossible. Also, 
um, you know, uh, running uh, the company, right. um, being being available to to the people here, um, have a family with small kids and, and and stuff like that. So I feel like I have a lot on my plate, and then you know, hundreds of notifications and the red dot that just keeps going up, even though you you start responding. Um, but I go there every day, and I go there throughout the day as well. Have conversations, ongoing conversations put out content to start those conversations mm. that then end up in the DMs. So for me, it's just an ongoing thing uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is in my dock on my iPhone mm -hmm. uh, amongst the four chosen apps, you know, yeah, me too. So, so it's, it's so ingrained in what I do. Like after we're done here, I'm probably going to see uh, what's happening on LinkedIn <laughs> because so much is, is, is happening around my account and, right. and, through what I'm involved in comments, I leave on other people's content and they reply to me and so forth. So for me, it's all about the conversations and, and I, I have uh, so many going at any, at any given time. So I have to be uh, on LinkedIn uh, almost always mm, as well. It's your business. But I also want to say that it's, it's the only platform I'm social platform that I'm on all the time. Right. I don't have a Facebook account. I don't do Instagram. Um, I, I don't do any of that because I don't see the purpose for me. So right. I just do LinkedIn because that make, makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I'm very similar. I don't. I mean, I have a Facebook account that I never post to. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah I don't. I think I have an Instagram account, but um, mm. but yeah, it's LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, what is your, what are your habits around it? Like daily habits. I'm super curious. <laughs> yeah, with you, sort of the first thing I check because uh, mm. yeah, there always be notifications and DMs to to mm. respond to. So try to post. At least once a day, if not twice. Um, mm -hmm. And so I have, since I'm creating other content, you know, three podcasts mm -hmm. a week. Uh, you know, with plenty of fodder there for good content mm -hmm. to to post. Um, and then just yeah, other things I'm interested in posting. You know, whether I do a poll, which you know, polls are going crazy these days. Yes. Um, yes. Or you know, sharing a piece of content. You know, we do some lead gen for Ring DNA that you know owns my mm. podcast. Um, yeah, we had a post last week, two weeks ago, I guess. Is yeah, over half a million views and five thousand mm. comments, and yeah, that, mm. keep, that keeps you busy replying to all that. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. And and it also, I mean, I, I read about. I don't remember the author though, but it was about uh, content creator burnout. Uh, and that was a very real thing, yeah. um, and I can totally uh, nod along, and 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 I know how that feels as well, right? Um, but that's sort of the 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 how do you call it? Like the the other side of the coin, the backside of the metal, uh, right. in a way. Like when when you reach a certain inflection point where it becomes too much, and you're trying to catch up uh, in a way, and you feel bad about it. People DMing you, and there's so much going on, and missed opportunities because. Uh, all of that happening at the same time and how are you going to manage and stuff like that but that's truly a privilege to be at that point to be able to have gone gone from nothing to put out content and add so much value that people rally behind it you grow your following you build an interactive audience almost a tribe um, at least a, a group of uh, anyone's audience right um, to, to me that's just you know I just I just want to get back to people. I think that we all should, and I think that's the way to grow. Yeah. Well, I think it's a word we talked about earlier. It's just impact, mm. right? Is mm. yeah. impact should be the goal, right? How can you yeah. have an impact on the people that are engaging with your content? And mm. yeah, use a tool like Shield to see whether you're having that impact. Um, and that's that's really at the end of the day, it's not about the followers. It's just about 
for me, it's about impact. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I, th I think impact. You know, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I feel really strong about that sure. because a lot of people that they're, they're sort of dismissing um, the value of, and, and these are often people who don't post and who haven't realized the mm -hmm. potential yet, right? But they dismiss the value of LinkedIn and being active on there, and and say like, yeah, but uh, followers is a vanity metric. What are you going to do with fifty thousand followers or twenty thousand or ten thousand for that matter? Where it's you know it's not about that, right? It's it's about having uh, any number of followers, putting something out there, and then feeling the impact mm -hmm. through DMs and conversations started, and people who get back to you and say like that post inspired me right. tremendously. I did this as a result, right? And then you're like, that's huge, right? And that's gonna keep me going, right? And so for me, the impact. It could be uh, strictly uh, revenue speaking. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not. Even though, it, uh, as a bootstrap founder, I should probably focus a whole lot about on, re on revenue, <laughs> and I and I do. But I, I focus on the impact more because it, this is the long game, right? If I can add value to people consistently over time, I'm sure great things are going to happen, mm -hmm. and that's what I rely on. And so far, it's proven to be uh, to be correct. And I think sort of like the. the the, the history uh, would also back that up, that if you just keep doing good and, and go for true impact, then, then you're, you're going to do fine. I agree. Well, that sounds like a great way to, to end the interview. Um, you summed it up mm -hmm. perfectly. So, um, <laughs> so, Andreas, if people want to learn more about Shield, where should they go? Yeah, so Shield uh, LinkedIn Analytics, if you need that, want that, or are interested in that, we have a website, and it's called shieldapp.ai shieldapp.ai so that's for the for the tool the software that we've built for creators um i'd be more than happy to connect with anyone listening on linkedin mm -hmm. and i go by my name andreas johnson mm -hmm. and uh hopefully um you should be able to find me <laughs> otherwise i'm gonna play in linkedin <laughs> but uh but that would, that would be a great way so uh, I'd, I'd appreciate that probably not too many of you i would imagine no, no, you're right. Yeah. If you Google me, then you get a Swedish uh, motorcycle uh, professional. Um, ah. So, but he's not on LinkedIn because it's not so uh, so much for sports yeah. yet. Yeah, so well, we'll they are coming. You're seeing more NBA players on LinkedIn Ab these days. So, absolutely. Yeah. And the German football players, um, they're actually doing a really good job on are LinkedIn they really? during. Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at least before they uh, lost they went match to England. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Before that, some of them did great. Like, like truly. Uh, because of their names and celebrity yeah. status, of course, as well. Well, you're since you're a football fan, you'll appreciate that at, at our company at Ring DNA, we have uh, our director of revenue operations is Jordan Henderson. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. He's, occasion, he's occasionally gotten messages on other social platforms intended for Jordan Henderson, the captain of the, the English side. But yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's not the same guy. Just just to be completely clear, <laughs> it's not the same guy. Yeah. Um, so no, that's all interesting. Right. Andreas, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Andy. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me on. We'll do it again. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, Andreas Johnson, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.